3: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is The Edge
0: with Jonathan Toble and Matt Humans on v the sports betting network.
4: All right, what's up? We got a good show on tap. We only got 60 minutes with you, so we're going to make this quick. Chuck Esposito coming up in 15 minutes. I don't mean to be so aggressive. I'm just really fired up. It was a good weekend of uh, football. Basketball is underway. We have the World Series starting on Tuesday. So it's a jam-packed week, my friend. What's going on? Yeah, I'm not too fired up about the World Series. No? Nah.
5: Baseball's kind of depressing. Let's yeah. move on to next year. Aaron you guys, a, you guys have had it rough. Yeah been A rough year. <laughs> you guys have had a rough, never, <laughs>
4: never any you know form of sustained. At least the Red success.
5: Sox got knocked out, yep. and um, I'm happy just like you are because the Colts won last
4: night. Yeah, let's start there because uh, this is pretty. There's there's some tentacles that come from this, right? As we move forward in the National Football League and onwards into what are we at now? Week eight. In the eight. NFL
5: about to start? Oh, this is the end of week seven.
4: Yeah, end of week seven, about to start week eight after what happens tonight between uh, the uh, Seahawks and the Saints. And we're going to get to that momentarily. But it's a natural jumping off point as we look back and look ahead at the same time. Because I find this pretty fascinating. So it's a 30-18 final score for the Indianapolis Colts yesterday. Colts covered their fourth consecutive game. They are 3-1 and one in their last four games, getting a little bit better. Carson Wentz wasn't the best, uh, had quite a few turnover-worthy plays, had turnovers as well, but ultimately ends with a 17-26 stat line, 150 yards, two touchdowns, was sacked one time. Really, it was the ground game for Indianapolis yesterday. And yet again, right, 148 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, 107 of those courtesy of Jonathan Taylor. This is a team that, remember, came into this week over the last three weeks first in yards per attempt on the ground, third in terms of yards per game rushing, so they continued that trend against the San Francisco 49ers. So from the Colts side of things, this is a topic that you and I have been kind of beating the drum on for the last week and a half, which is this team is getting better. They are showing signs of getting better. And again, last night, not a comfortable win. The final score does not really indicate how tight and nip and tuck this game was. But slow start after a 9 nothing hole. They come back, and they get out, and they win. Yeah, like you said, falling behind 9-0, I was not very
5: optimistic. The Colts' run defense looked weak. Somebody and, uh, texted me after that 9 nothing hole and said, give up, up. it's over. Just give up. It's like the opposite of the uh, Jimmy uh, uh, V speech. Right. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. No, give up now Four in the first quarter. You fall behind. Just give up. Makes things a lot easier. Then if you come back, you're pleasantly surprised at the end. That was the case with the Colts uh, last night. You know what? Carson Wentz did not even play well last night. Uh, he had how many turnover-worthy plays, JVT? It seemed like five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he flipped the ball straight to a Niners defensive lineman. Could have been picked off a couple times last night. So even with Carson Wentz not playing at a high level, the Colts dominate the Niners after they fall behind 9 nothing. Man, if you uh, rewind to when the Colts had the 22-3 lead in Baltimore, they've shown flashes of uh, elite play. Over the past few weeks. And that's why I think uh, in the big picture, this team has got a really high ceiling. And I still like the Colts to win the AFC South. There's a big game this week. The Betters like the Titans. Last night on the opening line show, you and I were looking at the Colts as about two point dogs. And right now, one and a half point dogs. That's circa to the Titans. One and a half point home dogs. Sign me up for the Colts this week. Yeah.
4: So this is pretty interesting. So then this is why we wanted to bring this up as we look forward to next week. Remember, right? The look-ahead line for this game was Colts minus 2.5. And, and you will see adjustments off of injuries, off of results. Case in point, Bengals were a look-ahead line of minus 3.5 against the New York Jets. But they beat the crap out of the Ravens. And then, of course, we have the Zach Wilson injury news, which, by the way, that's been updated. We know he's not going to play next week. Bengals find themselves as 9.5-point favorites on the road. That's a six-point adjustment. That's yeah. really big. But there are reasons behind that. The Titans blow out the Kansas City Chiefs over the weekend. But the Colts take care of business and, again, cover their fourth consecutive game. And markets like... Now nah, let's move this from two-and-a-half to one-and-a-half in favor of the road team here. That seems to me like quite the overreaction off of one result for the Tennessee Titans. Two
5: results. Actually, the Titans' value, I think, that's a good is That's point. Beat, uh, back-to-back wins over the Bills and the Chiefs. So a lot of people react to what they uh, saw most recently. Those were high-profile wins over two of the best teams in the AFC, and that's why the Titans, I think, have been bet to the favorites in this game. I did not think the favorite would flip in this game, but it did overnight. And that's fine with me. I'd, I'd prefer to have the Colts in the home dog role. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah, so one
4: and a half. Colts uh, are
5: running the ball well. Jonathan Taylor had a fumble last night. Otherwise, you know, some of the turnovers you can excuse a little bit last night. It was driving rain. It's going to be tough to control the ball. But the fact that the, the Colts whipped the Niners after falling behind by nine early, I thought was uh, the, t- the major takeaway for me was how they
4: dominated that game after it looked bleak early. And it, it is interesting, and I think that this is going to be one I, I feel safe in saying. And a flip through, like from one to one, the other side is not a big deal. Uh, but I would be safe, if, I'm safe in saying that uh, bet the Colts now, they're going to go off as a favorite by the time we get to Sunday. If you're looking right now, Circa is the shop that's highest on Tennessee at that one and a half. Ones are across the board, and according to my screen right in front of me, I've got Titans at pick here at the casino, which we are residing right now which is the South Point Hotel and Casino. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Colts go off as like the one, one one-and-a-half-point favorites. I think that is the proper number. I am surprised to see, right, we're talking about what now, four-point swing almost in the direction of the Tennessee Titans from the look-ahead line. That's pretty strong.
5: Uh, It is strong. It's a little bit unexpected for me too. In fact, I I might play the Colts plus one-and-a-half, at the circuit right now, uh, but I also think the Colts be a really strong teaser play at plus 7.5, which I think you're
4: going to be on Yep, in best bets. I don't want to give it away. Though. No, you don't, so that, it's, it's, erase that from your memory. We didn't do that, <laughs> all right? Uh, we'll get the best bets later. Uh, by the way, I want to go back because Dave Tooley, of course, does a great job. Bang-up job. Up on social media, View from Vegas, as you looked at uh, the day overall for the National Football League and going through some of the results, as Dave does, let's start with the morning games first. View from Vegas at the early games, favorites and dogs split 3-3 three, three straight up and against the spread, including Atlanta, closing 1.5, covering 30-28 to 28 win at Miami. again. Yeah, you
5: know, I really consider the Falcons... Uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah.
4: So. Well, and so here's the thing, because they were <laughs> two-and-a-half in a bunch of contests, right? right. And, but for me, and I, this is why I wanted to bring this up, too, so really quickly to finish this upsets by Cincinnati plus six, New York Giants plus three, Tennessee plus four, home teams four and two straight up and against the spread, over-under split, three and three. Those were the morning games. But I thought this week was a really good like buy low type of week on certain teams right We mm-hmm. talk about buying low thursday night for the cleveland browns the injury news the market's really low uh no baker mayfield whatever you buy on bad news the cleveland browns they win they cover the miami dolphins you talked about it at two and a half right contest it was two and a half if you bet it early in the week or teased it up like we talked about teaser re- result was fine either way but regardless take a lead late and they ultimately have to have the falcons drive the last 90 seconds to win that game all right which by the way you got to get smarter if you're if you're the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, you let them score because what happened after they got that last first down, they needed out and kicked the field goal. Carry them to the end zone if you have to.
5: Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing at the time. I, I would hope that Arthur Smith coached his players to say, "Hey, if they're going to let you score, fall down to one, right, or you know, fall down inside the five. You can't score into." Uh, intentionally, if if
4: you're the Falcons at that point. But regardless, say, you know we're talking about buying low, and then what about the New York Giants, right? The New York Giants, the market was against them. Boy. I was told personally, how are the Panthers only land three on the road, only three against the New York Giants, and they win, they win going away against the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are never in it. So again, it's kind of I think a lesson where you know sometimes you can buy on bad news. Sometimes teams when they're at their lowest, that's when you want to buy a little bit. You want to buy cheap. And you, I thought this was a really good weekend for that. Well, that makes me think you're going to buy on the Bears this week off the Matt Nagy
5: news, but we'll talk about it with that with Chuck Esposito of the Red Sports Sportsbook in the second segment. Yep.
4: So with that, let's get to tonight because we do have one game left here in Week 7, New Orleans Saints. Uh, they have been holding strong as a four-point favorite with a total of 41.5. We've seen this total drop uh, from 43.5 to 41.5. Part of it, I think, is you know betting two teams that I think there is a perception that they're pretty good defensively. The other is uh, inclement weather. Also in the forecast today, correct? I don't know who perceives this, the Seahawks as being good defense. I, oh, I th- I've heard it. I think that you know, and that's just <laughs> that's just walking around the sports book and hearing yep. guys and having people ask their opinions and whatnot. But I still think there's this perception of Seattle, like, hey, man, they're a solid defensive team. They're pretty good. In reality, you know, sometimes perception mm-hmm. is not the same, and we still have these perceptions of teams. Yeah, I'm sure some people do, but the Seahawks
5: are not a good defensive team right now. No, uh, and not necessarily a good offensive team either with Geno uh, Smith at quarterback, but. I do think that Geno Smith has played well in spurts in the two games he's been in for Russell Wilson, and he's good enough to get the job done tonight. But Pete Carroll has said, We're going to run the ball. We're, we're going to pound the ball tonight. And uh, he's got four running backs who uh, can carry that load and make things a little bit easier for Geno Smith. So I like the Seahawks here. I took plus five. It's not a big bet, but I do like the home dog tonight. And, uh, With the Saints, you never know what you're going to get. I think that's kind of a reflection of Jameis Winston, his personality. He's volatile, his play is. And uh, the Saints have been up and down. One week, great. Uh, The next week, awful. Mm -hmm. And uh, tonight, I would expect the the Saints to show up and uh, play reasonably well. But I think the Seahawks are going to run the ball, try to control the clock, and stay in this. I expect a tight game in the fourth quarter. I really don't have an opinion on the total. I don't know what the weather situation is going to be like. Last night, we knew it was going to be – A lot of rain in the Bay Area. We heard about the bomb cyclone in the atmospheric river. And uh, it was raining hard, man, when that game
4: was played last night. It still flew over the total. Yep. Uh, Weather for today, about 51 degrees to kickoff, 90% chance of uh, precipitation. That's rain, for those of you who don't know. Uh, And uh, winds of 18 to 25 miles an hour or so. So not the best forecast for Dynamic passing attacks. No, it's
5: it's a night to run the ball. And I think the Seahawks are probably a little bit better equipped to run the ball. And I know their coach is going to be hell-bent on that tonight. So (laughs) I don't disagree with uh, playing under. Uh, let's see 41 and, a half. and a half, realistically yeah. the best number you can get out there right now 41 and a half. but i took plus five on the dog and did not play the total
4: yeah and you're getting a matchup too one of the things that you need to see is a little bit better play from Jameis winston who, as we know has been fickle he's been up and down but this saints team from a pff grading standpoint coming into this week humans average about 15th overall but their passing attack 24th in the national football league by pff standards and you know a lot of that falls on the shoulders of Jameis winston and what he's going to be able to do now we talk about weather, and we talk about the fact that the secondary is not very good, so maybe there is a little bit of a, a better play, a baseline, for Jameis Winston today. But mm-hmm. I still think when you look at Seattle, I think they're being a little undervalued. I mean, go back to last week, right? The market goes crazy, makes the Steelers all the way a five-point favorite in that game. They cover in overtime as they lose by three points. By the way, they had the ball in overtime. Sure. Ultimately, fumble by Geno Smith ends them there. And then you get this, which is after that result. Then you go from three, if you remember, on that look-ahead and they reopen, to four-and-a-half after that result on Sunday night last week. So it seems pretty odd. Oh, it was five. It was, five. Yeah. was but, actually right. five for half the week last
5: week. So uh, I grabbed five on the Seahawks. I hope bet. you do well on that bet tonight. Thanks. I hope you do well as well. It's my last contest play. (laughs) I know it's my last contest (laughs) play as well. And we both had pretty good weeks in the NFL. It was a bounce back week because week six was not so hot. Week seven, much better.
4: Deserved it. Deserved it. All right, we'll come back. check us. is going to be with us. Uh, He'll tell us how the books did. We always want to know. We'll find out next.
3: That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18.
0: Plus. This is The Edge on VCN, the sports betting network.
5: Hey, make this your best football betting season ever. Start your VCN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits, and more. That all includes the vsend.com data and analysis and full access. Get everything VSEN has to offer for $22 per month. Sign up now slash subscribe. JVT is also featured at slash JVT.
4: And guess what? I'm a man of the people. So guess whose articles aren't behind a paywall? Yours. Uh, that's right. Check that out. Nice. Either that, I'm either a man of the people or. Visa management does not find me worthy <laughs> enough to put me behind the right. table I like to find the positives in Could things. The <laughs> As does Chuck Esposito. He's a positive guy. Let's welcome him in. Head hot over at the Red Rock Sportsbook. Chuck, all right, so how are you feeling right now about your Bears? How are you feeling today, sir? Uh,
7: I'm feeling okay, guys. I mean, I know the betters are feeling a lot, a lot better, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, you know, it's been a good weekend, uh, especially a, a pro little mini streak of three straight weeks that uh, the guests have done well. Um, not feeling good about the Bears, though. I, uh, you know, it's. Um, I, I know it's a long season, but after the last two weeks, I, I think it's time that they need to make a change. And there is an awfully hot seat on a certain head coach, and I don't think it's due from a, a fever or anything else right now. I think that hot seat's getting getting hotter by the minute.
5: Yeah. I wonder is Matt Nagy even coaching at this point because he's not calling plays. What's he doing now? He's he tests positive for COVID. So I don't think it matters if he coaches or not, but the Bears this week, uh, let's see, Bears are three and a half point dogs to the Niners at Soldier Field. Yesterday, Justin Fields turned the ball over five times. The Bears allowed four first half TD passes to Tom Brady in that blowout uh, loss. So um, I don't think Matt Nagy has any impact on the number whatsoever, but it's it does seem, uh, Chuck, like his days are numbered.
7: Yeah, I don't think he has any impact either, Matt, and You know, I I know the defense gave up those points, but when you're continuously on the field and your offense isn't generating much, I think they're behind the eight ball. I think they had a couple of stops late in the game that that shows they still have a little pride and, and, you know, wanted to play as hard as they could. You know, and and I know Fields is a young quarterback, and we've seen the struggles of Trevor Lawrence and and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and, you know, even Mac Jones at times. But when you've got a 99% quarterback rating on on play action and when you roll out and a 43% quarterback rating when you drop straight back, why in God's name with that (laughs) offensive line are you dropping back over 50% of the time? I think they're not doing him any favors from a creativity side of it. Um, And I think that offensive line isn't very good. And you're putting a young quarterback out there to get whipped. And you could kind of see his kind of facial expressions and demeanor on the sideline. I don't know what the answer is, um, but right now, they're a team, in, 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 I think, in disarray. I'm not 100% sure the Niners should be the favorite over anybody on the road. They haven't looked that good now for a number of weeks. They're 2-4, and four and, you know, they're not that banged up that they shouldn't be a better team than 2-4. and four. Uh, You know, home losses uh, to both Seattle and to Indy, um, they're not one of the best teams in the league. But, hey, this Bears team is, uh, is a mega problem right now, and I, I do think at some point that they make a coaching change during the season if this trend continues.
4: So this is like fate. Uh, this popped up on my timeline as we brought Chuck up on the phone. For next-gen stats, National Football League, Bears rookie quarterback Justin Fields has been sacked on 14.4% of his dropbacks this season, the only quarterback over 10%. And since Fields took over as starter in week three, he has had a 20.9% chance of being pressured three seconds after the snap, the highest pressure probability in the National Football yeah, League. Yeah, I saw that today as well.
5: Uh, Chuck, yep, when that you're
4: speaks volumes.
5: Chuck, when you're out the Red Rock book this week, keep an eye open because JVT likes the Bears. He might be running up to the window to take the dog in that <laughs> game this week.
7: I'm sure we're going to need a few bucks on him, JVT, so if you need me to pick you up and drive you over here if you want to bet him, I'll be I'll be happy to do that.
4: Buy on bad news—that's what I'm all about. Selling, buying <laughs> high, or buying low and selling high. So you mentioned Chuck. Bad news bears, right,
7: buddy? Bad <laughs> news right. bears.
4: Hey, you mentioned in passing the weekend. So uh, overall, when it comes to like how this weekend went for betters, not in the the realm of the last two weeks, right? Like a generally positive weekend for betters, but nowhere near the last two weeks like it was.
7: Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, you know, I, I think some of the bigger games yesterday with with the Patriots, uh, you know, the Buccaneers, uh, the Raiders. All really good games for uh, for the betters yesterday, and although that Raider game was driven down and it was clearly you know sharp action that did that, the public still backed the Raiders on the point spread uh the over like they do in every home game and on the money line, and they did extremely well um, with those three games.
5: Chuck, I talked to uh, Jay Cornegate at the Westgate Superbook yesterday. He said it was a small winner because I read some reports. Uh, some various media sites that the books got crushed again in Vegas yesterday. Was that what was actually the case for you? Small winner, small loser? Did you talk to other book directors around town? Yeah, it was
7: just a small, loop. I think, in comparison to what we saw uh, two weeks ago. Just, you know, had some opportunities yesterday. I really felt that, you know, Washington should have probably won that game against Green Bay. Why in God's name did he take, you know, did he dive into the end zone and kind of give himself up? If they would have kicked field goals when when they had opportunities to do so, they clearly would have covered that game, which would have been a, a different outcome for the day, and and hadn't had that chance to win. But overall, just a just a small loser, basically. Um, and I think those games again that I mentioned, the Bucks, the Raiders, um, you know, throwing in the uh, uh, what we just talked about that game as well with um, with the Washington Football Team in Green Bay. All were really, really good games for the betters, including the Patriots Jets game.
5: All right, Chuck. While well, we're talking to you, the screen is lighting up. So let's talk about the. Uh... I think the marquee matchup of Week 8, Packers-Cardinals Thursday night in Arizona. got the 7-0 Cardinals now six-point favorites at some spots, including uh, Circa, the Westgate, I see BetMGM. Where are you at at Station Casinos on this game? And is is this all based, this movement from 3.5 to 6, based on the Devontae Adams news?
7: I think that's part of it. I think it's, you know, that no defensive coach, that they're going to have, um, uh, you know, that a lot of the players right now are wearing masks. All team meetings are being conducted, you know, via Zoom. Um, that there's going to be uh, many players are going through the the COVID testing and protocols, and they may a team they may be a team that on the short week has a lot less players there than what they think they're they're going to have or what they've had in the past. And anytime you don't have a, a key a key player uh, that's going to be in your in your lineup, and and maybe you know the the best receiver in all of football, that that's definitely going to impact what happens across the board. And I think that's why you're seeing it. I mean, when you've got a guy like Adams who's in COVID protocol, no defensive coordinator, and other players that could test positive as well, I think that's why you're seeing the dramatic uh, line move, guys.
4: Remember, too, uh, for Devontae Adams, if he is vaccinated, we won't get the official report, but if he has the two negative tests within 48 hours of each other, he can Mm -hmm. then play. So it's a tight window for him, but not officially ruled out. Seems pretty strong, though. Chuck, given, like, uh, we don't know anything concrete there, to move this about two and a half, three points – all the way to Cardinals minus six.
7: I think it's the, the, the fact that there could be uh, you know a, a number of other players or staff yeah. that could be following suit with this. Interesting stat, though, guys, that I saw that, um, oh, that I don't know the amount of years that it was, but the last couple of times that you've had a reigning MVP play a team that was 7-0. One of them was Dan Marino, and I apologize. I don't know the other one. They were victorious. So Aaron Rodgers is trying to be the third-reigning MVP to play a team that is and 7-0 the following season and win that game. So far, they're 2-0 and um, with that trend or stat. But Rodgers might be without his best weapon in Devontae Adams. All
5: right, Chuck Esposito, Red Rock, sportsbook director, joins us now. Chuck, uh, how about the Titans-Colts in the battle atop the AFC South? Do the Titans deserve to be favored In that game right now, you're seeing Titans one or one and a half. And last night, the Colts were short favorites.
7: I think they do, Matt. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, you you won't see some Colt play. I think if this number goes up a little bit, I think you're going to see the public drive it up and maybe the sharps on the Colts. But you come away with back-to-back wins against the Bills and the Chiefs. And although the Colts won last night, they still had some struggles. This is the second meeting for these two teams. The Titans won the earlier meeting. It's a huge game for the Colts to get back in it. And you think about the, the Titans stretch. Bill's Chiefs, I know they have this game on the road against Indy. They they play the Rams the following week yeah. in L.A. So they're playing some of the best teams in the league. I think the Titans at 5-2 and two are awfully good right now. I think they should be the favorite, but I do think if this number goes up, you're going to see some sharp action come in on the Colts.
4: All right, Chuck, let's get to tonight then. Uh, where are you guys at over at stations when it comes to Monday night between the uh, Saints and the Seahawks' side total and what you expect?
7: Well, if you look at the, the Seahawks, guys, 0 and one in their six games in the total, going under. So even when Russell Wilson was healthy, that offense wasn't scoring a lot of points. I think it's more a product that their defense can't get off the field on third down. If you look at their opponents and what they're averaging per rush and the difference in yardage against what the Seahawks average, it's glaring. Saints played Tampa the following week, still without Michael Thomas, come off their bye week. The number really hasn't moved that much, guys. I think you're going to see some some sink money. Weather will definitely be a factor here. Um, again, you look at the Seahawks, so many games over, that's why you see one, or so many games under, that's why you see one of the lower totals on the board. But I think you're going to see this game start to tick up a little bit by kickoff. I think it's more a product of Geno Smith being a quarterback, of course, not Russell Wilson.
4: His name is Chuck Esposito. You can find him over at the Red Rock Sportsbook and Facebook. Chuck, always good to talk to you. Thank you, sir.
7: All right, boys. You too. Thanks,
4: guys. Yeah, we're not. Uh, there's not enough time, but uh, no truth to the rumor potentially that he's running the STN Sports app Twitter account as well.
5: The Seahawks did have one game go over the total yes. this season against the
4: Titans. By the way, it was thirty-three uh, thirty. Yes, Titans yeah. trailed twenty-four to nine in that game. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty to get to. It's the edge.
0: This is the edge on VCN, the sports betting network.
5: JVT, would you like to enjoy life on your own terms? I would. Zen Nicotine Pouches might be for you. Welcome back. This segment of The Edge presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime, so you never miss a minute of the game. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus. Zen can be found at convenience stores nationwide. So you can find your Zen wherever you are. Zen's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zen comes in two strengths so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zen contains nicotine. It is only for adult nicotine consumers 21 or older. Learn more and find your local retailer at Zen.com. Again, that's ZYN.com. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Mm -hmm.
4: All right, NBA uh, have a deep card today. It was a pretty good weekend in the association as well. Of course, uh, drowned out by college football and the National Football League. Rightfully so. Two (laughs) monsters. That'll come around. More that was a good together. Sunday night game in Los Angeles. There was, and that's what I wanted to get to as we kind of recap a little bit of what we saw over the last two days. I think that's the story before we move ahead. Uh, as the Los Angeles Lakers get the win, do not cover. 121-118, to 118, Lakers now a uh, ripe 0-3 ATS at this point into the season. But first win is good, and there are positive signs there as the uh, Lakers, Matt humans post their best individual game offensive rating of the season offensive rating a of 118.6 in non-garbage time minutes versus the memphis grizzlies now a lot of that had to do with a carmelo anthony who had a very good night last night i think he's now 16th on the all-time scoring list after yesterday uh but regardless you see some positive signs a little bit there from the los angeles lakers think the half court offense still needs some work as does the defense but at least you get a win and your offense looks the best that it has at a pretty good i
5: spot. mean it's going to be a roller coaster ride That's what it's going to be for the Lakers in the first couple months. they have nights where they look really bad, nights where they can look pretty good. When you have that much talent, you're going to have nights where you look good. Uh, But when you have that many newcomers, you're going to have nights where you look uh, ragged. And uh, I thought last night the Lakers looked much better, but again, they didn't cover. Mm -hmm. And uh, laying five, the win by three, 121-118. Nice night for your guy, John Morant. John
4: Morant. So I was going to do this uh, on a week-to-week basis. I don't know if we'll put it on the website, um, but – My top five MVP power ratings right through the season. I can't wait. John Morant is up there, buddy. He's got to be number two, I think. I'll check with the power ratings and see how it goes. (laughs) He's been freaking awesome, though. Like, to your point, like, he has been absolutely great for the Memphis Grizzlies in the early part Uh of the year. And he seems to be taking, right, like that third year step that you're looking for guys to make. And by the way, like, he's taking step forwards every single year. But, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies look to be maybe outside of that play in bubble, like a top six team. But John Morant. He's great. Like if you haven't been watching him, and I don't know how you can if you do watch the association, you've got to at least watch him because he is a breath of fresh air. The way he can get through defenses, stuck defenses, in, kick it out. The guy's good, good passer, good finisher. He's slowly becoming, dare I say, one of my favorite players in the NBA. Yeah, you could say that.
5: Uh, I really enjoyed him in uh, college hoops, and I, I thought the Grizzlies landed the, kind of, kind of the perfect face for their franchise in a way because he was happy to be in Memphis, and uh, he's the type of guy. If, If you want a face of the franchise, I think a point guard is probably the best guy to have the way the NBA game's played today, unless it's Ben Simmons.
4: Right. (laughs) Exactly. It's got to be a guy who can
5: (laughs) shoot. And uh, John Moran can do it all. Last night, the Grizzlies looked good in defeat. And, uh, you know, I, I think I had the Grizzlies either ranked eighth or ninth in the conference. They're probably a little bit better than that. <laughs>
4: How could you do that? But I think I had. I don't even, I don't really think, huh? I don't think I put them in the postseason. I'm, not sure, I'm yeah. not sure if I did. I'm not sure if I did. Regardless, <laughs> hey man, we're three seasons in, so let's not make any sweeping three judgments. Games. Uh, three Three seasons. Yeah, three games into the season. Yeah. Excuse me. All right, so we have a deep card today. We're actually going to get to two of the games on the other side because those are going to be part of the best bets for me today. But there are a couple of games worth noting. Injury news for a couple of these two, as usual. You got to peruse these and get some information. But uh, it's a pretty interesting spot for Boston and Charlotte today. So the Charlotte Hornets, uh, for those who were not watching, go into the Barclays Center on Sunday and get a big win over the Brooklyn yeah. Nets. Right? They carved through the protests that were saying, hey, let Kyrie play. And they take out the Nets. Were there protests? <laughs> oh, yeah. They they broke down the barriers and everything. I try everything. not were, to pay attention. <laughs> they really. were great. Um, but anyway, they, they take care of business against the Brooklyn <laughs> Nets Drop 50 points in the paint. Kyrie. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let Kyrie play. Uh, but they were solid. They took advantage of it. And I think there's a couple of things here that you got to watch for. Right? First off is the Nets were nine-point favorite yesterday. Lost 111-95. As you Ooh, see the closing number there. Minus right? 450 on the money line. Oh, yeah. The Nets. Meaty. Remember, if you don't, I don't know if you remember. You probably don't. Uh, beginning of the regular season last year, they actually lost to this Hornets team as well. So no, I'm, I'm not here. stunned by anything like this that happens
5: in the NBA. I'm, right. I'm just saying. If you're betting the NBA and you're playing money line parlays, season. Uh, it's, it's, very, it's a very risky world you're living in there because you're going to have upsets like this bought, frequently during, throughout the week, and especially early in the season. I bought it down to eight,
4: and the Nets just didn't cover it's, a, yeah, it's, okay. it's yeah. troubling. Um, so both teams, this team's coming off of back to back. Charlotte is, uh-huh. as is Boston. Boston, of course, gets to take care of business against Houston. But there's one we know that Terry is here is not going to play. He's been dealing with an injury, missed the first three games. You're not getting him here. Maybe he comes back on October 30th. So you don't have to worry about that. The question is Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is dealing with tendinitis in his knee. His status is questionable mm-hmm. for today. Uh, one report out there says that he is probable. You saw a report that he is downgraded to out. So, Well, you know,
5: on, uh, on Twitter, you <laughs> don't know which sources you can trust. So You, you have to get the uh, concrete information before you move forward on something like this. I think it's a troubling sign that Jalen Brown's got tendonitis in his knee three games into the season. Yes, it's specific.
4: It sounds more, like, gruesome. It's uh, patellar tendinitis, so it's tendinitis around uh, the patella. I'm not a doctor. It sounds painful. But the thing here for the Celtics, they need Jalen Brown. Offense rating up to this point, 108.3. Not really – their offense rating, excuse me, 99.4 through three games, which is pretty troublesome. You want Brown out there. He's going to help you out in that regard. Their bench, again, is struggling, something you don't want. But really the story from a market perspective, the Charlotte Hornets are on their way to being about one-point favorite or so. It's at a pick right now. This Mm -hmm. open Boston minus one. So if you want to gamble a little bit, if you think that Brown's playing, if you have some inkling whether or not that is going to happen, you can take Boston now because I am willing to bet that if Brown is, a, you know, announced that he's going to play, you'll see the swing back to Boston and Boston will close one. But market right now, moving in the direction of the Charlotte Hornets, one shop even has the Hornets as the one-point favorite. Maybe you should just slide bet the game. Right, and that's, that's part of the thing, too. I think really when you're talking about games that are floating around one point with injury question marks, watch it and find your opportunities. It's supposed to have be to get a flop, right? The other game that is worth noting from an injury standpoint, Bradley Beal is listed as questionable for the Washington Wizard. Now, they'd taken on the Brooklyn Nets, who we just talked about, lost that game to the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday. What I find interesting, and there are positive signs for Bradley Beal was at practice this morning. Footage came out of him moving around and everything. But you also hear the comments coming out of Washington, which are, we don't want to push this thing if he's actually going to be pretty banged up, right? You, get, you tend to see these teams early on in the season be a little bit more tentative when it comes to rushing guys back. You don't need to. It's only game three of 82. Right. So keep that in mind. But regardless, Market's moving in this direction as if Beal's going to play here today. Nets opened up as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. We're down to six-and-a-half, so we get two things working against the Nets, right? You get Beal potentially playing, and you get coming off of a big loss as a pretty big favorite yesterday against the Charlotte Hornets. Injury report's clean for Brooklyn, so I'm really curious. You know, for me, I only have two bets. Brooklyn's not one of them, but if we're going to talk to like consistently going down, and by the way, if Beal's officially announced, the market's going to react again, and you're going to get to like five-and-a-half or so. So might be a buy-low spot on Brooklyn coming up. Remember, They took care of business against Philly on Friday. So, like, they're not in dire straits. It's not a terrible team, the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant going to play back-to-backs? So, that's the other part of this. I haven't seen any indication that he was going to miss it, unless I uh, missed it in perusing some injury reports and whatnot. So, maybe they try to put him out there. Uh, I thought that throughout the season, as it went on, that they were going to be pretty uh, soft with him and not allow him to play in second legs of back-to-backs. But... I have not seen it reported whether or not he is going to be out there. And we get these injury reports updated every hour now, and he is not on the injury report as of the last one. So okay. Only LaMarcus Aldridge is on there. He's not going to play, but that's about it. And then Kyrie Irving, of course, which we should free. Free Kyrie. Free Kyrie and let him play, of course. Uh, and then the last one here, I think this is a pretty fascinating night game, Portland and the Los Angeles. Late, the Clippers have lost their first two games but Paul George has quietly been freaking awesome through two games. Uh, right now, if you look at it, 35 points a game, 10.5 rebounds, five assists on 56% shooting for Paul George through the two losses. Uh, he's going to be up there in the MVP power rankings. Uh, yeah, number five, though, number five. You know, you got to lead them to victories, okay? Uh, but regardless, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. One, Trailblazers are still pretty poor defensively, defensive rating of 110. Norm Powell's not going to play tonight. Well, there's a report out there and he's on the report like he's not going to be out there for the Portland Trailblazers. We saw the market tentatively go to two and a half at one shot, went right back to three. So I'm curious to see what this does because my buy sign, yeah, if we get under three, that two and a half, two, I'm in because I think this is a poor defensive team that's missing one of their better offensive players next to Damian Lillard. The Clippers, from an offensive standpoint, have been very good. Offensive ratings in the 113 range. Their defense hasn't been great, but if you get just a little bit more help next to Paul George, this should be a pretty good spot here tonight for the Clippers. So it hasn't made the list yet, but I want See if I get a cheap price or just better in-game price on the Clippers.
5: That is a pretty good game tonight. That's the last one on the board, by the way. Yep, ten forty
4: p.m. Eastern. So, uh, do you do you have a play? You don't have a play yet? No, not yet. So I will. I'll tweet it out if I bet it. But uh, I think that uh, the Clippers are in a pretty good spot here tonight. If if uh, I was going to add one to the best bets, which we have two of for the next segment of the NBA. The Clippers would definitely be one of them. I think they're in a pretty good spot.
5: Paul there. George putting up big numbers. Obviously, uh, the Clippers are going to have to win some of these games. You wonder how much of a load he can carry for the next uh, three, four, five months with no Kawhi Leonard. I think he can. Uh, I-, I think every night. He's not going to be able to do it every night, though. You doubt PG-13.
4: Yeah, sometimes I do. Hey, man, he finished third in MVP <laughs> voting a couple I- of years ago. This, guy's, uh, this guy knows what to do. He's a man amongst boys right now. I don't doubt
5: Damian Lillard, but the Blazers just Whoa. don't defend. Uh, that could be
4: an entertaining game tonight, 230-and-a-half the total. All right, we'll come back. We have Best Bets recap the weekend. Look ahead to what we got for the next day and whatever else. It's the edge.
2: This is The Edge on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Hey, remember, I love to do this. I do it every time. Make it your best football season yet. Make it your smartest bet yet. And check out the betting splits. It's our new feature. It gives you insights where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits another way. v here to make you smarter, better year-round. Check it out today at vcin.com. It was behind my weekend this weekend, Matt. You How'd
5: you can... do on your best bets? All right, recap Somebody's red hot
4: here uh, on the NBA and the NFL. You just keep grinding, man. It's what you do. We had bad weeks. You have good weeks. It's all about the large sample size. All right, so for this week... Uh, Solid week, Browns minus 1.5 versus the Broncos on Thursday, as we know. uh, The six-point teaser, Packers minus 1.5, Patriots minus 1. That was a win. Dolphins plus 8.5, Patriots minus 1. Also got there, too. Dolphins almost won the game. Dolphins were plucky. In terms of the straight-up sides, Bengals plus 6.5 over the Ravens. Didn't really have to sweat that a little bit, but then once he got into the third quarter, Bengals started pulling away, and the Colts plus 4.5. So sweep the board in the National Football League for Week 7. Still waiting on the Seahawks plus four and a half against the Saints as of the NBA. Now these are just specific. We talked about this right, just for the show, just yeah. for the edge, uh, as opposed to every bet that I have made up to this point. So for the edge, six and zero for the season on the plays that I've given out on the show. Six and zero. We have Friday Raptors wow. plus six and a half against the Celtics get okay. there. Spurs plus seven and a half against the Nuggets get there as well. So two plays for today. Raptors plus the two-and-a-half, that's down to one-and-a-half, and and I won't turn away anybody who wants to take one-and-a-half against the Chicago Bulls. This is a play against the market perception of Chicago. The Bulls have played the Pistons twice and the Pelicans. Two very poor teams over three games and still an offensive rating that is middle of the pack and very poor. And the one thing we know about Toronto, I think they're going to be a pretty poor half-court team. I wrote about it in the NBA Guide that has shown itself through these early games, but they are legitimately good defensively. And they are going to bring Chicago down to their level and play some really hard-nosed defense. And I think that's going to be a problem for Chicago who still doesn't have Kobe White who has been injured. So Raptors, plus 2.5, down to 1.5. Mark White, again, wouldn't say no to that. And then the Timberwolves, Minus five and a half on the board as well. Use that today. This is just a similar play. So on Saturday, I bet the Timberwolves minus six against the Pelicans. Close seven and a half, and they ended up winning by seven. And the only reason, by the way, it fell on seven, they fouled Devontae Graham on a three-point shot in the waning seconds. So you had to, you had to sit there and sweat that. out. luckily missed the first uh, free throw. <laughs> but regardless, it's pretty interesting to see a number open six. They played in Minnesota, by the way. Close seven and a half. They went and covered the opening number. And yet here we are on Monday, no injuries. Five and a half is the number. So from a power rating perspective, I'll play it. I don't care if it's uh, a loss. I think from a number perspective, there's value there. So give me the Timberwolves minus five and a half today against What are we talking about again? Oh, yeah, the uh, the Pelicans. Uh, Sorry, I got lost because I was reading this and talking. And then I made a mistake here. So I got one play for next week in the National Football League. Vikings plus 7.5 on a teaser. That's up to 2.5. So you could tease that up and get to 8.5 if you want. And then the Colts plus 7.5 against the Tennessee Titans. So one teaser in for next week. All right, so you have Vikings...
5: You could actually get plus eight on that, right? Yeah,
4: that's now. what I'm saying. I I, I jumped uh, the gun. I made it this morning, and then I sent it into you guys, and then I get here, and it's two and a half across the board. So, mm. I like the Vikings, though. It's a really good spot for them, and I, the market is a little strong on. And- I'll be on the Vikings Dallas. this week as well. Uh, my week seven <laughs>
5: recap: Patriots. Uh, wow, pretty good. didn't have to sweat really? that one. Uh, Colts and the teaser on the Patriots Packers. I thought I would put the Bengals up there. I guess I didn't. But anyway, three and zero on those in 15 and 10 for the season got the seahawks plus five and play tonight college football not as good ucla disappoints me again chip yeah. kelly get your act together 14 nothing lead at the end of the first quarter remember when and they, they were a national third... title contender oh, after two geez. weeks third straight <laughs> loss for bruins at the rose bowl i did play new mexico state hawaii over 59 and a half and that ended up with 82 points so that was a good one northwestern charlie kubander can you make a chip chop field goal <laughs> pat fitzgerald how about trying to score in the last four minutes uh, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh's throwing the ball on fourth down, trying to score, trying to rub it in on Northwestern Wildcats. Get the ball back, and Fitzgerald doesn't even try to score. Yep. Uh, so that was disappointing. Northwestern plus twenty four goes down. Oregon State plus three, a straight up winner. And I lost with Air Force against San Diego State. Man, this San Diego State team is so hard to handicap. They looked. Yep. They can look horrendous. And then uh, just grind out these ugly wins. Up 20-0 on Air Force. That was a game that just didn't make any sense whatsoever. By the way, Aztecs made a quarterback change. It went to Lucas Johnson. He passed for 72 yards. An upgrade. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Two and three on college football. And that's 29 and 23 uh, for the season. I have no best bets for college football today. But I can tell you in the NFL, I know I'm going to be on the Colts. I'm going to be on the Vikings. But we'll add those to best bets on uh, tomorrow's show. And uh, we do have another couple of college football notes that popped up here this morning. One is Kyle Hamilton, the best, uh, actually, Notre Dame's best all-around player, probably a top-10 draft pick, has uh, an injury, and he is not going to play against North Carolina this week. So uh, Notre Dame down to a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Tar Heels. And also Matt Wells fired as Texas Tech coach. Did Ooh, you didn't. see that? No, today? I didn't. Former Utah State yeah. coach is out in Lubbock, so we'll see how, how that impacts uh, Texas Tech this week. And Bruce Marshall uh, writing about that game in Point Spread Weekly. I saw Bruce's write-up on it this morning. A little bit surprising that Matt Wells got fired after that one-point loss to um, Kansas State over the weekend, but that was a blown lead. That was a bad loss for the Red Raiders, and they are on the road as 20-point dogs at Oklahoma this week. What was a bigger surprise to you in college football over the weekend. The Illinois at 24.00 beat Penn State 20 to 18 in nine overtimes. Mm hmm. Was that a big surprise? Or that Oklahoma, a 38-point favorite, wow. was shut out by Kansas in the first half?
4: It's Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma. Like, I, I'm sorry, but— When does a
5: 38-point yeah. favorite get shut out in the first half?
4: Yeah, and I'm, like, I'm sorry. I make these jokes all the time, but it's Big Ten football, okay? It doesn't surprise me anymore <laughs> watching that. Like, we're watching these least three to nothing games, and people are like, yeah, rock'em sock'em football, let's go. It's just it, these are how these teams play. So it's not insanely surprising. And we know, right? Sean Clifford, clearly not 100%. It's been a sure. pretty, like, pretty pedestrian offense with James Clifford Franklin, Franklin never at a hundred percent. You
5: know the the game this week in the Big Ten. That's uh, or two games in the Big Ten. that mean a lot. Penn State at Ohio State. This is one of the biggest movers at circa yep. Opened fifteen and a half, and Ohio State now up to an eighteen and a half point favorite. So a three point move since the opener at circa, and also this Michigan Michigan State game. Spartans are probably going to be on my card this week. Jvt. Right now, Spartans are catching four and a half points as a home dog. Open three and the, a half or four. I think three and a half. Yeah. Uh, I did see three and a half or four at Circo last night, but now four and a half. And I like the Spartans as live dogs in this game. I know Sean King on the nightcap loves the Spartans mm-hmm. uh, in general. He picked Michigan State as a playoff team this year. Uh, and the Spartans have actually
4: dominated the recent series against Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Yep. No, I, and, look, I, I still have my questions personally about Michigan as well. Again, we've kind of, we've seen this from Michigan before. You know, you get to beat up on, uh, like, the, the lesser teams, like a Northwestern type. You're trying to run sure. up the score as much as possible, but then at the end of the year you run into Ohio State who actually you know, plays with three wide receivers, and then all <laughs> of a sudden you have no idea what's going on there. So I think that, you know, between, like, these two teams – It has a 20-17, 24-tony type of game written all over it, right, just given the way that they play, hard defense, running game, all of those things. But if we're talking about big picture, I just find it hard to wrap my brain around both of these teams, either one of them, being a playoff type of club. No,
5: neither one's a playoff team. I'll be stunned if uh, Michigan or Michigan State get to the playoff. Uh, I will probably have Michigan State on my card, at plus four-and-a-half. That would be one of my best bets in college football. In addition to the NFL, where I know I'm going to be on the Colts and the Vikings this week.
4: Uh, by the way, really quickly before we move on, because there were news today that we have to get to and re-update everybody who are, who's with us. Caleb Williams' Heisman moment, ripping the ball out of his own running back's hands to convert to fourth and one. It was a...
5: Pretty alert play, let's put it that I don't think <laughs> I've seen It damn that.
4: good. Yeah. It was great. All right, for those uh, who are just joining us, uh, the, the news of the day, if you haven't heard it, we should update it at least a little bit. Uh, it is this Thursday night game for next week between the Cardinals and the Packers. Uh, the Cardinals, if you've checked your screen, you be like, huh, what happened here? The Devontae Adams news uh, that he is in COVID protocol. Not officially ruled out yet. We haven't seen anything. Again, different rules for guys who are vaccinated and who are not. We don't know that is the case for Devontae Adams. But regardless, the status of him, A question about a defensive coach, namely a defensive coordinator, and maybe some other players at risk for the Green Bay Packers have the Cardinals up to a six-point favorite. And I will just say this, if you're telling me now it's just a defensive coordinator or Devontae Adams, Mm -hmm. that's a little bit of a strong move there to push this two-and-a-half, three points.
5: You know, Devontae uh, Adams and Aaron Rodgers are pretty close. What if it's Rodgers, too? What's the number to go up to?
4: Oh, boy. If it's Irvin Rodgers, yeah, I was going to say, we're going to get another (laughs) double-digit favorites on our hands, yeah. That's odd. That's know.
5: a lot. I don't know. This it's disappointing though, because this is the marquee matchup of week eight. I mean, you've got the the Packers on a six game win streak, the Cardinals who are seven and zero. Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray. COVID does it again, man. Hopefully, uh hopefully these distractions for the Packers calm down here. When I say distractions, I mean Devontae Adams has a chance to get cleared. By Thursday, yep. but it's such a small window with the Thursday game, it's going to be tough for him to get on the field.
4: Yeah, it's got to be perfect, right? Again, with like the uh, two negative tests within 48 hours of one another, like you're going to be right up against it. And if, and if the first one's not, then, we, then we'll know. Right. right? So we'll know pretty quickly whether or not Adams is going to be available. But we haven't had any reports of any close contact. So, again, if it's just Adams and defense coordinator, uh, buying on bad news. Green Bay Packers, plus six in that spot against the Arizona Cardinals. Might be cheering for Green Bay on Thursday night. Well, I'll be on Seahawks plus five tonight. Hey, me too. Well, I got four and a half. And a contest play on them as well. Looking to wrap up a good weekend and some contests too. With that, we are all done. My Guys in the Desert is coming up next here on VEASAN, the Esports Betting Network. Check out VEASAN.com slash podcast if you want to miss out on any of your favorite shows. And VEASAN.com slash JVT. I hear it's great.